0: Welcome to the Art of the Dive. I'm Marco. This week on the pod, we've got a lot of big stuff to cover. How many points is your wild card worth? Are differential players something that we should be considering? Who are the must-own players at this point in the season? Tons of writing questions from our our listeners. I'm here with Jake, who has made me wait for roughly an hour and six minutes this time to start the pod. So he's getting better, you guys. He really is. He's trying so hard to show up, because that's all we can really get out of Jake. Jake, how are you, buddy?
1: Uh, Doing well. A little tired. Work's been crazy. Um, But I got to watch, you know, the games this weekend. That's probably part of it. But yeah, you know, I'm happy. I'm excited. Good game week overall. Let's hit it.
0: Yeah, let's, Jake. Let's hit it. Uh, you know, I have to say first though, we did we missed you at the alumni uh, soccer match this weekend.
1: Yeah, I know it's disappointing that I couldn't be there. Starting the new job, I felt like really bad asking off after I already had asked off for my friend's wedding. Um, who was also in our group and was at the alumni game. So next year shouldn't be an issue, but this year I couldn't swing it. It was also my wife's birthday. So
0: So two things to consider next time. Don't go to your friend's wedding. He -hmm. doesn't listen to the pod anyways, so don't go to his wedding. Come to the alumni game game instead, and your wife will have many more birthdays.
1: Definitely true. Actually, she would have been fine with going to the alumni game, but um just work was the the other main thing so
0: yeah or flying across the country that might not have helped either
1: yeah no that's fun who who doesn't like flying across the country so
0: i uh i do want to just mention that i had a lot of fantasy points in the game Mm
1: -hmm. yeah Uh, that's right we were talking about it eden hazard right so
0: yeah i think i so I, i i got five points for the goal uh and then I would guess that I picked up three bonus points because it was the game winner. Uh, I also produced two shots on target and a number of key passes. Also, my passing percentage was quite high. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Then I would for sure think the three bones, but you never know the bonus points. Man, they they confuse me. But they, seriously, I, it's just been a lot of defense lately. Like that's true. Bro-
0: and we know that I'm not playing any defense. So, yeah, <laughs> true. True. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we should probably actually get into the pod then here. Um, I think that we should probably start this week with um, with a, a question that a lot of managers have on their mind. So a lot of people We're, we're three game weeks done. Oh, and by the way, we are recording before the United Tottenham game. Uh, just with your work schedule and my awesome life schedule, uh, that, that is the window that we had to record. So um, we're recording with one piece of information missing, but I still think we can discuss a lot of these topics. I know a lot of managers are thinking possibly about wild wildcarding Jake. Um, and I had an interesting kind of uh, question that was explored then in our HodgePodge article by our boy, Jason Hodge. And his thought was like, how many points is your wildcard worth? Uh, so, so as to say, like, 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 what do you get out of uh, wild carding? I threw that question out on Twitter. I had a couple responses. Some a little longer, some a little shorter. Um, but Joe Morgan uh, at FanDoc United, uh, Joe is really active on the FPL uh, community. He said that you should look at points uh, in the period of four to six game weeks after playing your wild card to factor in your differential. Um, FPL Sexy, who we quoted last week as well uh said that it some he said sometimes it can't be measured in points i swapped out 10 players and get around 10 to 15 points more have a heap of better and more guaranteed starters i also used it to change formation and better my bench um i think that that can be measured in points but uh and then finally audacious goose a new write-in great name uh estimated 12 to 15 points your wild card should be worth do you have a, any thoughts on that, Jake? Points that your wild card is worth?
1: Uh, I tend to agree with FPL Sexy on this, where it can't really be measured in points, um, to, to say at least in the beginning, because I agree with Joe Morgan's points that you should be looking at six game weeks. So if your team's in complete disarray, say you have Richarlison on red. You know, you've know, you missed some other big guys. You don't have the forwards that are producing a lot. You probably, for the first game week, will get around 15, 12 to 15 points out of that wild card. But who's to say that the next week, you're also not going to get another 12 to 15 points. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I,
0: you do need to look ahead. long-term with, with your wild card.
1: Yeah, and I also agree... I think just molding all these answers together is the best way to approach it. But I also agree that balancing the bench this year is really important. Uh, Right now, a lot of top players, I've looked at their teams, and they get away with having very limited benches, whether it be Kamara, um, I have Peltier, not a ton of people have him, but these guys haven't even played uh, recently. And that's not going to fly in the weeks to come so it's something that i'm considering when do i wild card because with rotation i can't be get putting up zero points
0: Hmm. okay yeah it's it's a good thought i i hadn't really thought about it a lot um that article is up on our website um uh so so just like every week uh jason hodge has been writing for us so divefpl.com, you can check that out uh, along with some of our other articles and the podcast and things like that. Uh, okay, Jake, so how'd you do this week?
1: Overall, the yesterday saved me um, Sunday games. I am currently at 500 and just under fifty five hundred and fifty thousand fifty four 54 points. I did take a hit this week to bring Alonzo in, so... All of my transfers have worked out really well. I've brought in Mendy. I've brought in Alonso. They've gotten a lot of points for me. Um, I think my team is doing very well, except the one issue I have is I think Bernardo Silva I'm paying way too much for. Um, and then I just... I'm starting to wonder if it's really worth owning Aguero, and that's a very difficult question that we maybe get into later. But
0: yeah, um, so what did you? What was your final point total? Fifty-four. Fifty-four. Okay, but I, so, I think
1: that's without the minus four coming. I'm, right. I'm not a hundred percent sure. So yep, yeah,
0: yeah that sounds right because they'll do that at the end of the game week. Then yep. um, okay, that's good. I finished on fifty-seven. Uh, I did have two free transfers going into the week. So I brought Alonzo and Frazier in. Uh, Like you said, the Alonzo move is awesome. Um, I think this year I have like kind of thought about my transfers a little bit less. Just like, do the stats support the player? Yes or no. Do they have decent fixtures? Yes or no. If the answer to both those things is yes, then I'm bringing them in my team. If the answer to one of those things is no, then I just don't bring them into my team uh so that's been kind of nice uh game week rank of three forty three hundred thousand three hundred forty four thousand uh and that puts me green arrows in basically every single league i'm just looking yeah every league that said um, both of us will probably be dropping a little bit after the match this afternoon
1: yeah maybe maybe not though who knows so uh those teams are hard to to figure out who who's gonna score and I, I don't even know who's gonna like perform in that game. Like is Man Man United gonna get blown out, but we won't talk about it too much. We'll see. We'll just see yeah. what
0: happens. Well we we kinda hope that they just get blown out, don't we?
1: Yeah, but I guess I don't want Spurs to score a ton of goals from a fantasy perspective.
0: Let's say Matic comes back and scores a goal and who scores for Spurs? I could just really use
1: like a dire, you know. Yeah, dire. Yeah, dire. Because I hate dire.
0: Let's just let him score.
1: <laughs> so, but
0: okay, uh, cool. So solid week. Um, we've got a number of new people in the top ten leaderboard of league D... league dev league dev. Is that how you say it? If you're French,
1: yeah. I don't know, man. French people like when they talk, I have a hard time listening to them. So,
0: well, they ain't English, so. Mm -hmm. america i don't stand by that statement i retract it immediately okay top 10 in the leaderboard uh the damaja uh 64 points up to 250 overall uh mo sala dosa 11 uh ricky menon at two three fred the red still there chris moore number four jg hodge our boy who writes hodgepodge of any jones's diary dropped a few spots uh 43 point game week Pog Baba Black Sheep still still striking strong. Matthew Polner, Shadow FC, Oli Christian Peterson, number six. Uh, at number seven, Mount Eden Munters, Jordan Pierce, uh, eight, Mama Dad Sacco, Oh, that's sad. Joseph jo- Joseph Josten. Uh and I'm up to number nine now. The Art of the Dive team back into it, uh, and then at number ten. Uh, Burnley Sanders, 2020 <laughs> funny. Noah Stevens, uh, is number 10 with a 54 point game week and two twenty nine overall. So the league is actually quite good. There's a lot of uh, people that are playing really, really well in that top 10. We had three people wild card, uh, this week. So pretty interesting as well.
1: Yeah. The leader overall. And I'm just, can I just say, I'm glad that Drew is in first place. I just, you know you're ha- the name, you're happy. yeah. I'm just happy for him. Um, but again, I looked at my team. I was like, man, I outscored all but three players in the top ten. Four, including you, excuse me. Um, That's right. You remember, but of like. You outscored me by three. The other two who outscored me wild carded. I'm just like, this was a great week. I I must have just fell way behind last week without Captain Aguero. I for like forgot about that. So, but yeah,
0: we'll be okay. Uh, but the league's strong, doing well. So that's always awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh oh. At FPL underscore Jim, our boy FPL Jim, uh, tweeted out joint third in the mini league, chaps. I want my T-shirt hand delivered by you both on a horse
1: hmm interesting
0: can we make it happen
1: i mean i think we could i haven't like actually rode a horse in a really long time but it's it's possible so
0: i want to ride in the back and hang <laughs> on you hang on to your waist the whole time
1: okay yeah we can make that happen so but mm. he, doesn't he have to get first? I mean, I just want to clarify, he still needs to get first for that to happen. Yeah, so. he's
0: over here in third demanding horse t-shirt delivery. Who is yeah. this guy?
1: Yeah, not yet, no. Yeah. So,
0: not okay. even for a second. Seriously, seriously. Uh, okay, um just a couple we don't really have many tidbits this week just one thing that we wanted to quick point out was that other leagues can still buy EPL players so just keep an eye out for that there's not a lot of rumors swirling at this point uh there was some talk like last week about Alonso and maybe um like Atletico Madrid or something like that or Real Madrid or just keep an eye out for it in case somebody goes missing in your spot Never a bad idea at this point in the year just to hang on to a transfer especially to a little bit later in the week just in case one of your main guys would go missing from your your team.
1: Can you imagine selling like your arguably your probably second best player on the team at this point in the year? Well, yeah. Sense.
0: I don't think that Alonso is actually going to go. Um the rumors were that they were they would entertain 60 million dollars or more. Somebody had offered like 50 or 55 million. Um, but but I just don't think at this point in the season. Then they only have one left back, um, and they can't sign any more players. So it would be very unusual for them to sell.
1: Yeah, exactly. I th- I would much rather trust the information that uh, Emery and Ozil got in a fist fight during practice, and that's why Ozil wasn't at the game. So
0: yeah, he was reported as sick, but might have gotten in a fist fight.
1: Yeah, like Emery denied. I don't know if you if you saw that, but Emery denied the fact that they got in a dust up. So. Which is good. I'm glad he, he spoke out and said that. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But
0: he's... I always want a manager that lies to the fans, too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Poor Ozil, though. Just a sickly creature. So I hope he gets better.
0: He is. You know, he does look a little like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's a good name for him. We should just call him Gollum from now on the pod.
0: From henceforth. Sounds good. Gollum yeah, is. for
1: for the most part, he just disappoints you. Um, he has these moments where he shines and you're like, oh, he's he's a okay person, okay FPL asset. But for the most part, he's just disappointing for the last like two years that we've played. So
0: Yeah, much like Gollum. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess we can bounce right into the game week then. And I think we were just talking to Alonzo, so we might as well segue into him. Uh, scores 11 points this week. Kind of a lucky 11 points. The penalty probably was not a penalty. And then... Strikes a ball that looks like it was off frame that DeAndre Yedlin redirects into the net. Still finishes with 11 total points. His XG and XA are very high, 0.87 XG, 0.81 XA. I think he might be like one of the highest. If you look like combined XG, XA, he might be the highest or like top three for all uh, defensive players. Um, You took a hit to get him in this week. I transferred him in this week. I think he's must-own.
1: Yeah, he's must-own because he's the highest-scoring fantasy player, and he's going to continue doing so, and he has a great run of fixtures. I mean, even if Bournemouth scores on him and he doesn't get a return, he has Cardiff next week who still hasn't scored a goal. Um, I also think that you can say his returns were lucky. The PK is hard. I would have called that if I was a referee from that position hands down, Um, and I still could argue that that's a penalty. I don't know. It's 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 hard when the player slides like that from behind, but kind of connects with the ball first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So It
0: it was tough for sure. Due to the angle as well, like where the defender came in to get the ball uh, makes it really challenging. Uh, He is super far forward, though. You kind of convinced me like midweek. I I was on Alonzo like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to bring him in. And you said, listen, he's he's playing really far forward. The heat map show him really high up the pitch. Just bring him in. And you are completely right on that. Um, You know, like I said earlier, this year what I've been looking at with my transfers, uh, do they have good fixtures? Do the underlying stats support the player? So the underlying stats I've been looking at lately have been uh, expected goals, expected assists, uh, shots, attempted assists, and heat map. So those are like the five things. So expected goals, expected assists, shots, attempted assists, and heat map, which gives me a really good idea of like, how involved is that particular player in the match? Uh, and if you look at those five things for Alonso, he checks every single box.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing, to, which they've been talking about a lot on Twitter, is compare him to like your other 6.5 or 6.6 midfielders. Like, Is he just as good as Walcott, Richarlison? Um, who Who else is in that bracket? Pedro. Like, yeah. Yes. He is because he also can get clean sheets and he gets a ton of bonus this year. That's the other really thing. I mean, we try to get players in that are more likely to get bonus aside from maybe Sala because of his like insurmountable XG and XA compared to the rest of the FPL players. But Alonso's bonus is much better this year. So you're going to get a lot more extra points and those points can make a big difference by the end of of the FPL campaign.
0: Yeah, you could even compare... 6.5 6.5 strikers to alonzo sometimes yeah so. he's i think he's actually like his xg xa shots attempt assist, it might be higher than zaha's actually
1: yeah it it probably is at this time and i was just so excited i was like watching the game fell asleep and then i woke up and dreamed that you know he scored and it, it came true so everything awesome. you could ever want so
0: yeah, well, let's kind of keep moving here. Um, so the another big performance this week was Mitrovic. Uh, he had two goals. He actually had an assist as well because he struck a ball that hit the post and then bounced right out to, I think it was Schuller, who then pounded it in. Um, but I thought even more interesting than the two goals, uh, he has an XG of like, or something like that so he's been getting in around the box but the stat that really stood out to me was 15 shots in three matches so he's averaging five shots per match that's a pretty hefty amount of of shots uh in a game
1: yes um him and wilson are just everything says that you should have them on your team for their price so definitely a good consideration moving forward. Fulham looked good. I mean, I know Burnley has to deal with Europa right now, and they're probably very fatigued and usually don't give up that many goals, but Fulham scored the most goals this week. It's got to count for something. Their offense looks good. Their defense I would stay away from, um, except for maybe their goalkeeper if you're just trying to get save bonus points, but he... He is definitely someone to consider if you're wild carding, for sure.
0: Yeah. So, how about just kind of on that note, then? Um, let's kind of transition to Bournemouth, right? So, Mitrovic and and Wilson are two players that have been uh, performing at a very high level. Um, Wilson had an assist this week. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Uh, okay. Just an assist.
0: I think he got he got taken down, didn't he, for a penalty. I believe that's. Yep. Yeah. He did. Okay. Uh, I was blanking for a moment, but anyways, his underlying stats are also very good. Is expected. Oh, goal, he actually but...
1: got two assists. Sc- excuse us. Before did he really? the listeners write in and and berate us. Yeah, two assists. I don't know how he got the other assists. That wasn't. I'm trying to think how they how they scored in that game. I I've forgotten. I would have to look back at it. Yeah.
0: But... I just watched the highlights last last night, but I'm blanking as well. Anyways, a two-two match. Uh, Wilson is very heavily involved. He looks good this year. I mean, last year he would drift out of games, and I don't know if that was a product of, you know, Bournemouth kind of had a down year as a team last year, uh, but he looks really good this year, super athletic, um, getting in behind once in a while. I think what he's really added to his game, though, is his ability to, like, face defenders up um, and then make good passes out of uh, of those situations. Um, he's a player, though. He's only at, I think, 5.6 right now. Uh, he's a player to definitely consider. I mean, think about the funds that that uh, releases for you. No, he's, he's 6.1. Oh, he's up to
1: 6.1? Yeah, he started the season at 6, actually. I thought he
0: started at 5.5.
1: No, he started at 6, and he's raised, but he'll probably go up again. Um, But I, I completely agree with everything else. I just wanted to let you know. So. Oh,
0: God. Well, I hate him now.
1: You hate him? Why? He... Here's my argument. I I completely agree with what you said. I think I stayed away from Josh King. I was looking at Josh King more because Wilson just, I don't know, wasn't on. I didn't think was going to be on pens, then was on and then missed and now is off. But besides the point, he also just seemed to fade away. And Josh King had had a previous season where he had a ton of returns but Bournemouth scared me because every year they just disappoint you and their offense has been so fantastic and i think they've proven that they're here to stay in the in the premier league this year they're going to score goals against teams it's not it's not just their schedule so far i think once they play really tough competition you know maybe stay away they're probably not going to score more than one against teams like chelsea Uh, Man United Spurs Man City but the rest of the Premier League is just not defensively very good including Arsenal I'm just gonna throw (laughs) there it is he had to get Uh, that in (laughs) had to get it in before it got too late in the pod so they look good and I think he's a really good option the article I'm going to write is going to definitely discuss staying away from your higher priced forwards and just rotating three mid-priced forwards so
0: yeah. He's averaging 4.3 shots per 90. That's pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Okay, well, in that everton Bournemouth match as well, Richarlison picks up a red. Uh, did you have Richarlison on your team?
1: I did, unfortunately. It makes me really mad that he did something that stupid. So Yeah,
0: looks like a two-match ban for him, so he'll miss the next two. Um, yeah, it was pretty... Uh, it was kind of a goofy red. I mean, he definitely got drawn into it, um, but... Unfortunately, that's just kind of the way the game goes. Anytime a player does something like that, uh they're going to see red because they've just become so strict.
1: Yeah, I just I guess my point and this is people may judge me for saying this, but if you're going to get a red card, can you at least like headbutt the like the shit out of the other player? Like at least try to hurt the other player. Yeah. Like there's no there's no point in doing what he did. He's for sure deserves a red for what he did. Didn't even do anything you just like, you're like, I'll walk off the field right now. I might as well just leave. Like, at least uh, Hog for Huddersfield at least, like, threw the guy down.
0: Yeah, like, you know? I, I mean, you know me. I always am an advocate for violence. Uh, but I don't even know if it was a red card. I mean, it wasn't, like, an aggressive move. He definitely made contact with the guy, but it wasn't like, you know, they were just in each other's face.
1: Well, I think if you read the laws of the game, and we won't talk about this too much more, but... It doesn't matter like how hard you hit him. Right. If you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if you strike a player it's right. a red guard. So he right. that's I think that would be under the definition of striking a player. So
0: hmm Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Uh anyways, he's out. A lot of managers have already moved him out of their team. I don't know the exact numbers, but uh he's probably due for a price drop is what I would guess. And the most common replacement has been Walcott thus far. Um, Walcott's interesting. Uh, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about him when we get into the, the game week preview. Um, underlying stats are not like through the roof or anything, uh, but definitely a, a viable option to get into that Everton attack, which has been pretty decent to start the season.
1: Yeah, Walcott's tricky. Um, I think that... I brought in Walcott and was surprised so many people were going to. I thought people were going to stay away from him because of his past. But I don't think the underlying stats do him justice necessarily. One, because this game, they were down a man. He created a goal basically out of nothing and created another chance, which he got brought down. Um, And that's two good chances a game. And then he performed really well last week. And when I watched him against Wolves the first game, he looked good. So like to me, he passes the eye test and that team's going to get goals. I don't expect my 6.5 midfielders to return every week, but I think he will return at least an assist or goal every other week because Everton's fixtures are just so fantastic.
0: Yeah, that's, I I, I agree with you. Um, all right, let's just wrap up a few things kind of in for the game week here. Um, hammer did pick up a knock um, a player slid into him when contesting a ball i'm gonna guess that that means he's done Lossell came on played well to finish the game they got the clean sheet that's all that they were looking for huddersfield was just looking for an excuse to get Lossell back on the pitch and looks like that'll be it uh, tompkins picked up a little injury i think it was a calf injury during the warm-up for crystal palace I know there's quite a few managers that do have him, and he's also an anchor in that back line, a really important player for them. Just something worth watching and keeping an eye on uh, in the next week to see where he's at. Uh, How about the Arsenal win, though, Jake? How happy are you about that?
1: Oh, my gosh. I'm just disappointed, just completely disappointed. I, I don't understand, like, what's going on with that team. Emery, I think, is an improvement, and... Has them focused, and I'm glad that they don't just give up every game where they go behind. But same old Arsenal to me, they're giving up goals. Their defense is a mess. Like, everyone's writing about it. Every pundit is like, how are you playing defense with just two center backs and having both your wings nowhere to be found? Giving up lots of chances. I mean, they could have been down 3 0 at half, and good teams will do that. Like, Chelsea put in two um their offense is fine but but I just I guess I just don't understand like player choices like Lacazette needs to be in that squad all the time like I bring in Welbeck I don't care Bringing in Welbeck off the bench like he still provides stuff I don't know what the thought is to why Lacazette's not playing I don't understand the thought as to why Terre is not playing I just don't I don't get it so
0: well in typical arsenal fan fashion the moment they got scored on jake just texts all of us and said i hope arsenal get relegated
1: i still do hope they get relegated i just don't understand like what what goes through their heads right like emery has got to be watching the same thing that we are he probably is watching it more often like so does he not understand that Every few minutes, they're giving up, like, breakaways on check and checks just making outstanding saves to keep them in the game. Like, Snodgrass should have scored. There's no reason that... He kicked it, like, right at check. And that would have been 2-0, I think, or at least 2-1 before halftime. Do you have
0: any idea how detrimental a relegation would be to a club of that magnitude?
1: (laughs) They put, like... they. I know. I don't... All right. All right. To be fair, I don't really want them to get relegated, but there's just nothing that i'm looking forward to for them they can't win europa with the way they're playing nor should they they're not going to finish in the top six nor should they or top five so it's just like it's just disappointing to me and they still have a very long long way to go
0: okay all right well i think that we should take a short break Uh, When we come back, we'll do our game week preview. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Jake's article that he'll be putting together this next week, Uh, some captain shouts, and our plans for the next week. Stay tuned. We're back from our short break. Just needed to basically cut the pot off because Jake was starting to rant about Arsenal. Uh, So he's been talking about it for another like 45 minutes, and we're finally starting the second half of the pod. Jake, you said that you're going to be putting a little short article together this week about wildcard player considerations. So, just kind of some, some bigger ideas or things to think about. Um, that'll be posted up on our website, divefpl.com. Uh, but one of the big things in that wildcard player consideration that you wanted to talk about was does ownership percentage matter when you select your players? Um, is that something that you'd maybe want to just comment on to kind of get the second half of the pod going?
1: Yeah, for the preview, we can, we can talk about it. So the whole thought is, do you go with really low ownership guys to move up points in the table? It's really early in the season still. I think people do forget that. And although templates, I'm doing this with quotes have been set it doesn't mean that things could change a lot. I mean, Sun hasn't played yet, and he's a big differential and has dropped 0.2. So he might be a guy you consider that does actually have low ownership that may be good moving forward. But you don't look at it so much as how much are they owned or are they not owned in my league, mini league, so should I go for them? You can. It's just not a good way to play. You just need to... Look at that player's underlying statistics, look at the fixtures, and see if you can have them for the next six game weeks um, moving forward. So I'm going to name some players that aren't owned a ton, but are still good choices moving forward. So,
0: Yeah, I think that's probably a reasonable assessment. It is easy to get a little wrapped up when you do your wildcard in ways that you can make gains on other players. So that's one thing. And then I think a lot of people also go the complete opposite and they just basically template up as hard as they can. Uh, I think that there is a happy balance somewhere in between those two, two, two extremes uh, that can help you make short and small gains in the standings, but also a, a situation where you you are mitigated from some of the disasters that can occur if you don't have some of the template players.
1: Exactly. That's a solid point, too. I think that's where I fell in last year is I went straight template and unfortunately didn't take into consideration that template also doesn't work because certain teams are now going to start facing stiffer competition, and you right. don't want those players in that template if they're going to be having tougher matches moving forward. So.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, that brings us to another listener question. Nacho Man Candy Cabbage. Uh, asks, who are the three must-own players at this point in the season? Uh, So I guess, like, any value, three players that you feel like you have to have on your team, um, who would you pick?
1: Mo Salah, still.
0: Okay, I agree. Uh,
1: I don't understand how anyone who has truly played the game of fpl for some time would argue against him with his xg and x assist and crazy returns even without bonus points Uh, yep so him okay i would say alonzo which we talked about i know that's kind of cheap because we already mentioned that he's the highest scoring fantasy player Um, but they have good fixtures coming up he gets into the attack gets a lot of returns not only can bang goals but gets a lot of assists and takes some free kicks although Hazard's probably gonna steal some of those now and the last one I yeah the last one I would have is Mendy I mean a player who can play in a 1-1 game not score a goal or an assist as an outside back and still get two bonus points is gotta be a must own to me so
0: I have those exact same three players picked out for my three uh Sal Alonzo Mendy and basically, the exact same reasons. Um, you know, Mendy gets us into that city defense and city attack with the way that he plays. Um, Salah has returned every single week. There's been like stuff online where people have been like, "Salah is not worth having." He has returned every single week. Uh, there's not very many players that you can count on to to get returns every week, and he's one of them. And then, well, I think
1: too, we should we should make a point of that. You could argue that if you had guys like Pedro, Pereira, uh, Richarlison, or even Walcott instead, they're like half the price and they're returning every week. But you really run the risk of having those guys and captaining the wrong player. Or like say you've been captaining Aguero or Obama man instead of Sala. You've been missing out on a lot of points where like Sala was a great captain choice this week. Not a ton of people, probably Captain Mitrovic. So even though he's more expensive and there's cheaper players that are returning right now, they're probably not going to consistently return. And can you truly trust yourself to captain them game week in and out? So
0: it's a safety issue. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. I just think it's a safety issue. And I think Alonzo for sure is that third player. There's just no doubt about that right now. He's playing so high up the pitch. We've already talked about that. Um, So those would be my three as well. I think that takes us kind of into our our game week preview, player selection, Uh, and the first match is Liverpool-Leicester. This is an interesting match. Um, Leicester have been pretty decent to start the season. Uh, Liverpool have kind of been typical Liverpool, um, flying forward at every opportunity, but most teams are going to sit back really deep against them, and I would guess that's what Leicester will do as well.
1: I agree. Um, It's kind of been unfortunate watching that Brighton game. Brighton... Brighton played well, like kudos to them, but they did nothing offensively for 99% of that game, um, which is a good way to play. So I'm worried that Leicester is going to try to replicate that, but I do think they're going to have a harder time. They've just not been as solid of a defensive team the last couple of years. They tend to give up a lot more goals, so I'm excited about Liverpool banging maybe three or four against them.
0: Yeah, I would say that Liverpool will definitely be getting some FPL returns for us. How about Mane? I mean, he's, he's risen in price once so far. Um, you know, he's he's got pretty good underlying stats, did not return in the last match. He does tend to squander chances. Um, is he a player that you feel is still worth having? I know you and I both have him, uh, and both were really fighting for him at the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a tricky question. I think that for me, if I was wild carding, I would strongly consider not having him. <clears throat> um <clears throat> excuse me. So their fixtures get a little bit tougher after they play Leicester, they play Spurs, Southampton, which is a good fixture, but then at Chelsea and at home against Man City. Not not good. Um and I think that there's other players like Dilva might be a good choice where you save a mill and also have a player that creates a lot of goal scoring and assist opportunities. So, but if you're, would I transfer him out and do that? If, even if I had two transfers in the bank right now, no, probably not.
0: So. uh, Cy, the fantasy guy wrote in and said, Salah slash Mane owners. Is it time for us to turn the ladder into hazard? And ladder means mane in case that terminology confuses Jake. Hmm. You know what, Cy? I'm not going to put up with you making fun of my podmate Jake like that. Okay? Only I get to make fun of Jake like that. You don't have that privilege. So, Jake, ladder means mane because former would mean solid. Do you understand how that works?
1: Yeah, I think I do understand how that works. Um, I appreciate you explaining it to me. Um, See, I'm so- looking out for you. Yeah, definitely. You always do. So, I say yes. Hazard's impressive. Uh I am a big fan of him. I know you hate him. You can't stand him. I think I he's your most despised player in FPL.
0: So. Well, I mostly hate him for the footballer that he is. Like yeah. we watched the match on Sunday at a coffee shop, uh just sitting with some of the guys and um he, he receives the ball and does this thing where he like walks at guys so that the entire defense can like shift over and get into perfect position and then he beats like one guy and passes the ball off and acts like he's a freaking king i can't stand watching him play
1: i agree he does seem uh, sometimes at one point in that game which i was also watching i was like does he actually hurt chelsea's offensive attack the way he plays.
0: I think sometimes he does. There's times when they have an opportunity to like receive the ball and go attack forward and try to like penetrate and score and he just slows everything down because he's so content on trying to take guys on 1v1 rather than playing penetrating balls or going and beating guys right away and getting service.
1: Yes. So the the thing is though is he takes PKs, he takes free kicks, he takes corners. He gets a lot of bonus points because he does just steal points away from the other Chelsea players. So at 10.5 you can you could consider him in the next few game weeks for Chelsea because they have such a good run of fixtures and they play teams that tend to ship a lot of goals except for Liverpool at home. Bournemouth, uh, Cardiff, West Ham away and then Southampton away. those are really four pretty poor defensive teams. So, if you're making a wild card right now, I think he's someone you should consider because he's going to score some points.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, he is at 10.5, though. So, would you move Mane to him?
1: I think it depends what formation you play.
0: So, if you just go with
1: like maybe four more solid defenders and then maybe do a three, 4 three, 3 with three cheaper forwards and then have like a solid. Hazard and, like, one guy in that, you know, 6-7 to range, I think that's a good strategy to have moving forward. It kind of depends how you fill your bench out as well, but it's definitely possible.
0: Yeah, I like that too. Um, Okay, next match is Brighton and Fulham. Uh, You know, like we already talked about Mitrovic. Uh, Brighton have had the the result against Man United in a pretty close game against uh, Liverpool last week. Uh, You know, I still like Fulham probably in the match. I feel like they're going to really start rolling at some point here. Mitrovic, someone certainly to keep an eye on. If his underlying stats continue, it's going to be almost impossible to ignore him.
1: Yeah, this is a big telling game, I feel. Brighton at home is very difficult to break down, and it's going to give us a good indication as to what to expect from Fulham moving forward. Like, will they just be a team that has these has these bursts when they're at home or against like really poor teams where like Brighton to me is like kind of a mid table team, especially when they're at home. Um, it'll be interesting. And then the only other question, do you consider gross moving forward? Cause Brighton now has a good run of fixtures. I know he's a little bit higher priced than last year though.
0: Yeah. I just haven't considered him the whole season. I don't even know actually a lot about his underlying stats watching him play. Uh he is passing the eye test though. Um he's been pretty good on the ball. He's been relatively attacking even against some of the better teams that they've played against. Uh I just don't know. I I, I don't think that I could spend I think he's at seven, right?
1: Yeah, six point he dropped point one, so he's at six point nine, but yeah. yeah, seven. It's it, it
0: would be hard for me with all those other guys in the six point five to seven range that you could choose instead of him.
1: It's amazing that Brighton's head coach didn't start him in that game yeah that's uh, it just blows my mind and the the guy who he started in his stead i forgot his name already but basically gave up the goal early yeah. in the game too it's just like you you should someone should give you a stern talking to i just don't i don't yeah, understand that he deserves any a stern
0: talking form. yeah stern talking to
1: yeah he's your best player on your team he deserves to play every <laughs> game unless he needs a rest so
0: jake you could use a stern talking to
1: I just don't get it. I don't, you you play your best players, so...
0: Yeah, but, well, I, I just don't think that at seven I could pick him instead of Mickey.
1: That's fair. I I, I like Mickey's shout, so... But.
0: Yeah. Okay, Chelsea-Bournemouth. Uh, this game, probably on the week, I'm interested in more than maybe any other. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting match, I think, because Bournemouth are going to continue to attack... It's going to be telling as well for that Chelsea defense that has shown signs of being very organized and then also been the complete opposite uh, and been kind of leaky. Uh, you know, the goal that Newcastle scored this week, David Luis was completely rooted to the spot, just standing, watching as Joselu sweeps in to head the ball home. Uh, he's a player, David Luis, that I'd like to get out of my team, especially since I have that Chelsea coverage with Alonso. And I think paying 5.5 for a center back is pretty stupid on my part. On Bournemouth's side, I'm really interested, again, like we had already talked about, to see Colin Wilson. Can he perform, and can that team perform against better competition, or are they going to be relegated to sitting super, super deep, and there are going to be no attacking returns?
1: I would say the former. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of goals for both these teams. Uh, Maybe maybe just one for Bournemouth, but enough to, to keep Chelsea from getting a clean I do think they're going to be a little bit more aggressive because I think that's the only way Bournemouth really know how to play. So,
0: yeah, okay, uh, Huddersfield, Everton, uh, this will be interesting. Now, no Richardson playing. Um, who's going to come in on that wing for them?
1: It's a really good question, and I haven't thought about it a ton. I, who do they even have on their bench that can play that spot?
0: Well, I think Bernard would be the player that would be most like most likely to kind of slide into that spot. But it's it's hard to say they have so many midfield options on that team uh, that they, they could really slide almost anyone into that, that position. I could even see Marcos Silva changing their formation slightly to kind of fit the needs of the team here.
1: Definitely possible. Also, like Bernard could play behind Tosin and he could move Siggy out to that spot because isn't that yep. where he played for Swansea most of the time?
0: I think Siggy drifted between both spots, but yeah, Yeah. I think he'd be pretty comfortable in that position as well. Just more of a service style winger, though.
1: He's an interesting player to consider, too, instead of just going right to Walcott. I mean, most people don't have the luxury of that extra one mil, but someone's going to pick up the scoring for Everton. I mean, Silva is an amazing... Like, If he had like statistics on his coaching ability, his... Ability to coach offense would be through the roof. It, like, doesn't seem to matter what team he goes to, the attacks ten times better when he's there. So
0: yeah. Uh, any other players you're interested on either side there?
1: No, but I will give a shout out to Schindler who came back for Huddersfield and got Max Bones. Uh, he, I had him last year for like a few weeks, and whenever Huddersfield gets a shutout, he's like guaranteed three bonus points. It's amazing. So
0: well schindler's list am i right
1: whoa Uh, i don't know if we should be talking about that on the pod
0: history jake
1: yeah it's important never forget though there we go never forget it it definitely did happen so if we do have anyone listening that's in that camp um you know it happens
0: more campers am i right
1: more campers we don't want those so uh
0: all right west ham wolves uh this is kind of an interesting game actually i you know, Wolves had this just great match against City. They really just tactically did everything right. Sat back when they needed to, took space away from City when they could, pressed forward whenever they got the ball. Um, there were even a few spells where Wolves actually had possession of the ball. Uh, it, you know, they're just, a, I think, a very good team. They're well coached. I'm really interested in uh, Jimenez, the striker for Wolves, the number nine. Um you know he's he's been very good in all of their matches. He's been producing shots, uh, and a lot of the offenses revolved around service into him. I'm going to be keeping an eye on him. He's somebody I could see fitting into my front line at some point in the season.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I I would say let us not forget Wolves. I think they're still the best promoted team. I think it maybe just took them a little bit to get going. Their defensive underlying stats are actually really good mm-hmm. uh, I, re- I read this and was looking into it a lot and was like oh that is surprising it's more ben patricio letting in a few goals that he shouldn't be is what they're saying um i agree with jimenez i think he's still a good idea i think there's better options at forward Tra- traore was very good for the few minutes that he played and he wouldn't be someone i would go to immediately but someone i'm definitely keeping an eye on he was able to make the Man City defense look bad um, and played a lot of semi-dangerous crosses into the box. So,
0: Okay. Uh, City, Newcastle. Now, this is interesting because Aguero has a pretty outrageous scoring record against Newcastle. He's scored like in almost every game he's ever played against them, uh, and in many cases it's been multiple goals. He also had a five-goal performance against Newcastle, I think two years ago was that uh which if you haven't seen that performance look it up online it's it's outrageous um so check that out it's they're all in a very short period of time as well I think people might be looking to captain him this week against Newcastle
1: yeah it's hard I it's funny because I was thinking um that man city are like the one t- t- team that's Newcastle's kryptonite they are just Newcastle sucks points away from good squads because they're Rafa being Benita- Benitez has their defense play really sound whether it be at home or away from home I feel Um, but Man City just tend to to get goals against them no matter what they do so definitely a shout I don't know where I'd go with at this point in the week right now I'd still probably have it on Mo um, but definitely someone to consider and then after this does Newcastle's fixtures finally get a little bit better I don't like do they ever play a team that's not very good I don't know
0: i don't know that that's the case i think it's just the whole season they're just going to be getting smashed
1: (laughs) they just play the top like six teams in the table again and again so yeah
0: just it keeps rotating and rotating and rotating uh no their fixers do not get better better it's uh city arsenal uh crystal palace away leicester at home man united away
1: oh my gosh that's like the worst start in like the history of starts for a premier league side so
0: yeah it it is pretty ridiculous how how challenging their schedule has been um okay sunday then we've got you, three you ma-
1: missed one game though you missed what, crystal what palace southampton
0: oh i jumped it huh
1: yeah so
0: that's because i don't care jake
1: I care. Don't you have Zaha on your team?
0: Yeah, and Juan Bissaka, who I'll probably be starting in this match, so I do actually care. Uh, Zaha's underlying stats have been weak. Uh, He has two yellow cards in three matches, um, not producing a ton of shots. I'm having a hard time with it, though, because they have a decent run of fixtures, but part of me almost thinks I should just ship him and get one of these other like lower-priced strikers that are playing really, really well.
1: Is it a move that you need to make, though? I would ask you. I no, mean, I think if you're wild carding, it's something to consider. But
0: I no, think... it's it's definitely not a move I need to make. And so I'm going to hold my transfer. I think probably for this week, and then I can reevaluate next week.
1: Interesting to see where he plays in this game because when he did move farther forward in that on the left side is when he got the goal. And hopefully he plays up there. Don't you just wish like Benteke didn't play anymore, or are you? are you still oh. a fan
0: oh no I, I if benteke wasn't playing i'd be so happy that would make zaha a far better option benteke despite being like kind of a traditional center forward that's supposed to be like knocking balls down for zaha or flicking them on for him to run onto, basically just eats all the space that he wants to run into and uh it's just a complete problem it's it stifles the entire offense um I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe
1: maybe Hodgson instead of complaining about like the Watford mascot and then complaining about fouls on Zaha, should just like maybe manage his team a little bit better, is what I would say.
0: Yeah, so. just sit Menteke on the bench because he's not good enough.
1: Yeah, and Sorloth performed admirably in his stead in the preseason games, and I know it's preseason, but like give the man a chance, right? Like I, I agree.
0: Know. Yeah, so. I love Sorloth. Uh, on Southampton's side, you know Danny Ings had a, a, another decent match. He um, you know, had a, a ball that I think struck the, the woodwork uh, in their last match. Um, he's getting into some, some dangerous spots. Um, he's someone I'm still keeping an eye on. But other than that, that Southampton team just doesn't interest me very much.
1: Yeah, agreed. I'm a little bit ashamed that I picked McCarthy for goalkeeper, but they were doing well against Leicester. The red card really hurt them. And then Harry McQuire just hit a bang oh, yeah. right at the end. So yeah. whatever.
0: Shovelhead. He's done yes. it again.
1: Well done. So, uh,
0: Okay. Arsenal-Cardiff is uh, the first Sunday match. Your boys taking on Cardiff. I mean, I'm guessing probably, what, what would you predict? A 6-0 loss for Arsenal?
1: Uh, I'm predicting... <laughs> oh, God... I'm predicting that Arsenal definitely give up a goal to Cardiff. This is the game that Cardiff finally scores in. <laughs> for sure. Like I just who couldn't score against Arsenal is the question. Um I do think they're they're going to get the win. I'm hoping they get 3 goals. But Cardiff at home, it's this is a trap game for Arsenal for sure. So I don't know. I guess I'll say 2 to 1 Arsenal.
0: I I really do hope Arsenal lose just because i want you to have another meltdown
1: yeah i don't know why i keep having meltdowns i like should expect it they they're like the team that just keeps not fixing their problems but whatever so
0: yeah story of your life
1: well we should talk about arsenal players a little bit would would you if you had obama man would you hold on to him right now and then I guess the question is, who do you go with in their midfield? Or do you just consider, like, a, I mean, you have to get rid of David Luis? Do you consider Bellerin or Monreal?
0: I think for sure um, I would probably be looking towards Bellerin first. I don't know why. I have to look at the stats, actually, to support that decision. I haven't really looked yet. Um, those are both players, though, that are on my watch list because Arsenal's run of fixtures is pretty good. Um Outside of those two players, I would not touch anyone defensively for them. And then on the offensive end, I mean, Obama man was the big talk at the beginning of the year. What's going on?
1: I don't know. I, don't, I think part of the problem is he's not being used the way he should. And then Arsenal aren't performing very well you know, they're chasing, they're having to worry about defense half the time. So he looks good in the moments that he gets the ball. He's just not getting the ball very much and he's not getting the ball in dangerous positions. But when Lacazette's on the field, they're both more dangerous. So I I just, they should work a system where they're either playing two strikers or they're just both on the field. And I think Emery's just being stubborn and refused, has refused to do so, so far.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I'm, for me personally, I'm looking at the outside backs, and I'm still watching Mickey. I don't. I was nervous that maybe Mickey would get rotated with Lacazette, but then Emery came out the other day and said that he doesn't plan to play Lacazette and Obama Man at the same time because he wants them both to play like in more striker positions, and he feels like they lose the midfield when that happens. And then also him fist fighting with Ozil makes me feel like Mickey's basically nailed on for the rest of the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah. I I agree. I think their midfield still leaves a lot to be determined, but I, and also I would I would actually consider I think Bellerin's a good player and I've shouted him for the last two game weeks, but Monreal is probably probably nailed because of the injuries at left back and last season he scored a ton of goals and he's in the box, pretty clinical compared to a lot of players. So. That's
0: true. Yeah, I think he's probably better in the box than Bellerin is
1: yeah that's for sure Bellerin just looks like he's stumbling over the ball and he gets assists sometimes an odd goal here or there
0: okay how about the most boring game of all time Burnley versus Man United
1: my question here is and it'll depend on the game today but is Pogba a viable option if you wild card or already have him on your team so
0: is he is he differential like where is he at in terms of ownership
1: I think he's a differential for like the top, K, like 10k or 100k, because most people who probably own them are not own him aren't serious FPL players. If <laughs> that's that probably true. Sense.
0: Yeah, that's probably true.
1: So, but he is owned by almost 20 percent of teams. So it's not a low amount, but I, don't I think know. I think I think he's someone to consider slightly. I hate him, and I don't think I'd ever want him on my team, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting comment, though, that you made, like percentage ownership. When we talk about differential, there's a huge difference between a differential player between the average, like a differential player with the average FPL player and a differential player for someone that's in like the top 500K.
1: Yeah, it's it's a big difference. So like Conte is another one. He's actually on my team, but I feel like he's not in a lot of teams in the top. You know, five hundred k. He's just in a lot of other people's teams. So,
0: yeah, that's that's an interesting thought. I'd never really thought of it like that. Um, okay, last match is Watford and Spurs. Um, you know, this is an interesting match. I think especially because Watford has been very good to start their season. Spurs have been they've like shown signs of of being the Spurs of old, and they've also shown that they have some fatigue from the World Cup. Um, a game that I'll definitely be watching. Uh, Erickson and Allie Those are guys that we have not talked about very much Erickson has been pushed pretty deep Allie though The opposite pushed pretty far forward Connecting with Kane a lot Someone to keep an eye on
1: Yeah I think it's going to depend how the game shakes out today And then see what's, what Happens with Sun um, Spurs is it? Does it get better after this? I feel like it has to I think this is their last Let me look Let me look here uh no they have liverpool after after that so after liverpool though um game week five their fixtures get a little bit better i think this is another reason why i've been holding out on the the spurs train um because i want to see after they play at home against pool get more information and then consider bringing some of their players in because they have a good run of fixtures after that so yeah
0: okay um I guess that just brings us then to, like, captain shouts for the week. I mean, obviously, Salah is going to be in that mix. He's got some of the best underlying stats in the entire game. I think that Aguero is probably a player to consider. I know that everyone keeps saying, like, oh, he's not going to get rotated. Pep doesn't rotate as much as as everyone actually says, but I'm still super nervous about him being rotated uh, in these next couple game weeks. I have him on my team. So I'm probably leaning towards Salah. What are your thoughts?
1: Right now I'm leaning towards Salah, but I'm I'm I don't disagree with captaining him. Um, it's I think he's due. I mean he hit the post twice against Wolves. Yeah, on a free that's true. kick and at a separate point in the game. He's gonna get goals. So
0: okay. Um, how about your plans for the week like what do you have you already made a move are you thinking of making? yeah i
1: i did because of the richarlison issue i just brought in walcott which i'm kind of kicking myself like should i have considered pedro like pedro had another good chance against newcastle where he fluffed um was but was like basically about seven or eight yards out and tried to curl it upper 90 and missed um but I do think Walcott's going to get a lot of good chances too and both of them have good fixtures. So it, it, I just avoided the price drop for Charlison and I know Walcott's going to rise in price. I don't know if he's up to 6.6 yet, but I I think he's he's definitely going to go up soon. So
0: Nice. I uh I've got three things on my plates, like three things I'm considering um and I'll just shoot them all off to you quick. Uh, the first thing would be to move Bernardo to either Mickey, Walcott, or Goondoggy, uh, uh, just because I think that one of those three players are slightly... Well, all three are cheaper, but they could provide slightly more returns than what Bernardo's is offering. Uh, the other thing I'm looking at is Luis to Bellerin or Monreal. Or the third move, and this is actually what I'm favoring right now, is just to hold my free transfer this week. Reevaluate next week and then make a move
1: i think that's a good way to do it i think that all those guys have good matchups so holding might be the better option and that way you you can get a lot more bang for your buck next week kind of like what you did with alonzo like you avoided taking a minus four where i've been steadily making transfers and had to take a minus four for him and that's really going to hurt me at the end of this week so
0: well the other thing too is that we have don't we have the international break here
1: Yes, we do. So it would be good to, I mean, Richarlison really screwed me over by getting that red. So I, I just couldn't keep him in my team for the, if he was missing like one game. Yeah. But the fact that he's going to miss multiple games, I just couldn't, couldn't see myself doing it.
0: Okay. Uh, all right. Let's kind of wrap some things up here. Um, so the Hodgepodge article is up on the website and that's looking at the worth of the wild card. Uh, so definitely go ahead and check that out. Um, Jake's going to be throwing up an article um, probably in the next day or two looking at um, wildcard player considerations and ownership percentage, things of that nature. Um, Other than that, I think that's all of our business shouts, isn't it, Jake? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at DiveFPL, Instagram, The Art of the Dive. Um, we have a Facebook page as well. Check it out and make sure to like us so we know that you like us. Uh, DiveFPL.com is our website. We've been doing a lot of updates on the website lately, so if you go to it and it's like looks like something's messed up, it's just because I'm working on it. Um, our mini league, I think we're going to keep open. We haven't decided exactly, but I think we're going to keep it open for like Three more weeks or four more weeks. So one two seven four eight seven one eight eight six two nine is the mini league code. And then make sure to download our podcast and subscribe: iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, Player FM. We're all over the place. We're big time. So please make sure to download and subscribe to our podcasts on those avenues. Jake, you have anything else to add?
1: No, I think that's it.
0: I'm looking forward to watching the game this afternoon. You have to go to work, don't you?
1: I do have to work. That doesn't mean I'm not necessarily going to watch part of this game.
0: Ah, okay. Secret secrets. If that's the way to live your life. I'm Marco.
1: And I'm Jake. Don't forget to die.